Welcome to the American Nomad Podcast, hosted by the legend himself, or as I refer to him, the legend in his own mind, Rav Holly. Hey everyone, welcome to the American Nomad Podcast. I am your host, Rav Holly. This is the Libertarian Hour where we discuss everything from politics to current events to even people living minimalistically, doing van life and living in the tiny home space and trying to live out from under Uncle Uncle Sam's thumb. Welcome everybody to the Monday show. <clears throat> I'm dragging today. I actually wasn't feeling too well this weekend. It wasn't Corona. I already had that. Just a little uh just a little fatigued, I guess, but uh, that is a symptom of Corona, but I'm just, uh, I'm not sick. I've got the sniffles and the sniffles isn't Corona. So I just got, I think I got a cold coming on, uh, but I'm trying to fight it off with some uh, vitamin C, D and some vitamins. Anyway, welcome guys to the show. Random Nomad, what is going on, buddy? Good to see you. If you're wondering about the topic of the show today, you know, I got to try to, you got to be a conformist. If you live in these times today, you have to be a conformist. Uh, if you're not, uh, these big tech companies like uh, YouTube and Facebook, and you know, they're going to take your money away. doesn't matter how much money you're making or, you know, how big a following you have or whatever. If they don't like what you're saying, they're going to make sure that they take your money away. And uh, they've been demonetizing every one of my videos. So, even my video uh, that I had uh, <clears throat> my uh, co-host uh, John Leonard on where we just discussed uh, Biden's inauguration, uh, they actually uh, demonetized that video as well. Uh, so when I say demonetized, uh, they're not completely demonetizing my videos. They're limiting the, the monetization where you don't hardly make any money. And usually if an ad runs, it's right at the beginning of the video. So you make just a fraction of what you should make. Um that video was monetized for over a week, so I don't know why all of a sudden somebody at YouTube's going back through my videos and actually probably watching them in their entirety, and uh, I'm saying something that they don't like, so they're automatically hitting me with a with a a yellow strike. Basically, it is what it is. So I'm trying to just be, uh, you know, trying to be a conformist and trying to look for topics that's not a, uh, you know, politically motivated where I'll lose my monetization. Because uh, I'd like to make a little bit of money to do this, you know what I mean. Uh, that's one reason I actually I do I do it because I love it. But uh, you know, it's 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 uh, nice to get a little paycheck once a month uh, from YouTube for doing uh, you know putting your time in to do it. Anyway, uh, so today's topic is it, you know it may not be an interest to you, but it was an interest to me because if you haven't kept up or if you don't know what's going on, GameStop, which you think would be like blockbuster right now, <clears throat> in terms of uh. You know, because, uh, you know, GameStop back in the day, when GameStop came out, it was kind of the blockbuster for games. You could go, if you had a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox or, you know, whatever, you could go to GameStop and actually rent games and buy games. If you had a game, say grandma gave you a game for Christmas and you got tired of it, you were sick of playing it, you could take that game into GameStop and actually trade that game in and GameStop would, you know, or, you know, they would give you a discount for a new game or something like that. So it was a it was ingenious when it came out, but the problem, like everything else, is everything now is online. Like I play Call of Duty. <clears throat> that's my that's my go-to game is Call of Duty, Modern Warfare, and Warzone. Uh, I stream it. I play it all the time, and I download it for just from the internet. You don't go to GameStop to buy it anymore. Those days are over. You just download it. You pay for it from the internet. Warzone's actually free, which is another crazy thing. So Modern Warfare, I paid for, but. <clears throat> uh, Warzone, you can download for free and play for free. 
So you just think GameStop, uh, you know, I even thought about GameStop like a year, uh, probably about a year ago, actually, because I've had stock in GameStop for a long time. And it was down to, <clears throat> I think the shares were down to like maybe $2 or $1.88 or something like that. And I looked at it and I was like, I guess I should just sell it. It ain't going to do anything. It's just going to go to zero. So I guess I should get a couple of bucks out of it. But then I thought, nah, you know, $2, whatever. It's That's nothing, you know. I'll just hold on to it. Who knows? Whatever. It's no big deal. Well, I don't know what's going on, but the GameStop, GameStop stock, I guess because there's a rally behind GameStop because people don't want to see GameStop go away. So there was a rally behind GameStop stock, and it went yesterday to like $140 a share. <clears throat> uh, it went to like $140 a share, and uh, <clears throat> sorry, my phone keeps buzzing. It uh, went to $140 a share, and now it's down to about 70 because <clears throat> I guess there was a push to buy because uh, people were talking about it was going to die or something like that. So a bunch of people uh, pushed it. So it shot up to over like a, over $140. It's down to like $77 now. I think it's going to die. I think it's going to be back within. I think if you if you like right now, it'd be the time to sell. I'm, I'm thinking about it, you know, because I have I don't have like crazy amounts of shares. I think I have like 50 shares. But, you know, 50 shares at two dollars is like 100 bucks, a little over 100 dollars. 50, 50 shares at 70 is what? 50 times 70, I can't, my math's bad, $3,500, so yeah, I don't know though, it's one of the only stocks I still own, so I'm kind of holding on to it, um, see what happens, I also uh, bought Moderna stock uh, back in February, Moderna and Invax, who were both uh, working on the COVID vaccine at the time, thank you Random Nomad, <clears throat> yeah, my math sucks, um, so... One of those stocks has done well. The other one hasn't done anything hardly. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. I don't play the stock market much anymore because I don't really have the money to lose. And uh, I've lost, you know, that's part of the game playing the stock market is you lose some, you, you lose some, you win some, you lose some. Uh, the reason I still mess around with it was back in like 1995, 1995, without telling my wife, without telling anybody, I <clears throat> had a buddy of mine that played the stock market. He was a day trader, and I didn't know anything about stocks at that time. I was a young kid, but I, he was a day trader, and uh, I, he was a friend of mine, and he day traded part-time, but he would show me like this how much he was making day trading, trying to get me into it, and I'm like, nah, dude, I don't have the money to be doing that, and if I lost a bunch of money, my wife would kill me, you know, and he was single and that kind of thing. But uh, he told me, he's like, man, he, he he would hit me up and he's like, dude, not telling you what to do, but there's this new stock. And so he hit me up one day and he's like, hey, man, there's this new stock. And I was like, what is it called? He goes, it's America Online. He goes, there's, they're fixing to put out thousands of CD-ROMs across the United States uh, that are going to go to everybody's mailbox. And so everybody's going to be on America Online. I was like, Wow. I said, well, how much is the stock? And I think it was about a dollar, two dollars at the time. Because <clears throat> nobody knew what America Online was at the time. Everybody was on CompuServe or Prodigy for their ISP. <clears throat> Sorry about that. And uh, anyway, 
I told him, I was like, uh, yeah, uh, let me get in on, you know, I'll get, I'll do 500 shares. I looked at my bank account, you know, back in those days, I like pulled my bank account up real quick and savings account, looked at it and said, yeah, I'll do 500 shares. And he goes, 500 shares. You're going to miss out, buddy. And I was like, all right, I'll do a thousand shares. So I went in a thousand shares, which at the time I think was, I think it was about $1,600 for me. So I was, I said, I said, then this is, this will be a Netscape random nomad. Netscape was a big one. I said, this is going to be, my introduction to actually doing really getting into doing stocks. I'm going to see what happens with this America online stock. I'm going to invest over $1,500 in this. And if I lose my ass on it, I will, it'll be like Vegas. I'll never do anything again with stocks. So I, <clears throat> I think it was like sixteen hundred bucks or something like that. I invested. I bought a thousand shares, and I held on to those thousand shares for <clears throat> I don't know. It was years, and I think uh, it was ninety. Well, not years because I think it was ninety seven, ninety eight, ninety nine that I sold. I can't remember. I'd have to. I'd have to uh, duck duck go it. I was, you thought I was going to say Google, didn't you? I'd have to duck, duck, go it <clears throat> because uh, when AOL announced that they were that uh, Ted Turner or Time Warner was going to buy AOL, I was like, AOL's going to crash. And all my other buddies, my buddy that talked me into buying the stock, he's like, no, 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 man, this is going to be great for AOL. I was like, no, dude, that is not going to be good for AOL. AOL will go right down the tubes if Ted Turner. He, he, he doesn't have the Midas touch when it comes to buying stuff. When he buys stuff, it tanks. So uh, I immediately sold. I sold it all. And I was like, okay, I'll find out if I'm wrong or if I'm right. I ended up being right. Because as soon as Ted Turner bought that stock, it dropped immediately and just started falling, falling, falling. So <clears throat> I think I bought AOL when it was about a dollar thirty-three I don't remember what it was can't remember exactly what it was uh i just know I, it was oh, it had to be because i bought a thousand shares and it was over sixteen hundred dollars so whatever that is maybe a dollar eighty or whatever but i sold it and i think it was seventy three dollars a share when i sold it may have been more i can't remember long story short i made a good chunk of change i went out and bought a new truck went out and paid made a big down payment on a new a brand new Yuka, a gmc yukon <clears throat> so Ever since then, I've kind of dabbled. I'm not really a stock market per se, but I do buy stocks and I sell stocks. And I should have my link up here. I don't, but there's a there's an app an app that you can get on your phone called Robinhood, and I really like that app. I use that app uh, to buy and sell stocks now. The main thing I can tell you if you're going to get into the stock market is just buy find something that's new or you know something that seems like it's going to you know do something and buy it. And when you invest in it, just invest in it and forget about it. That's what I do. Uh, I, I buy it and then I just forget about it. If you pay attention to it, it, it'll it never do anything. So when you buy it, what you do, let's say you're going to spend $200 on one stock. And don't, don't go out and buy a, don't go out and find something that's already like, a, you know, even $33 a stock, unless you really know that it's going to going to go up like Amazon or something, look for something like, like, like I did, you know, like AOL was brand new. And I basically got lucky hearing about AOL before anybody else heard about it. 
That's the kind of things you look for. And then you buy in like at a dollar, two dollars, and you buy as much as you can afford to buy. But when you buy it, you have to realize, you have to think to yourself, look, you have to look at that cash and go, or, or look at that money and go, this money's gone. I'm basically throwing it out the window. I can't cry about it. If it dissipates and goes away, it's just the way it is. I'm gambling just like Vegas with this money, just like on a roulette wheel. But I might get lucky and I might land on red when I picked red. I might land on red 44 when I picked red 44. That's the way you play the stock market. And the other thing to do is... If you're using an app like if you're using an app like Robinhood, you just get in long term. I say I always say that's the best thing. Anybody that asks me anything about stocks, it's best just to get in long term. Think about it on a two to five to ten year investment. So if you put two thousand dollars into a stock, just think of that money gone for ten years and just leave it in there. Leave it in there and see what it does. So a perfect example. My GameStop stock, I haven't even looked at it. I got a new phone. I don't even, I haven't even downloaded the Robinhood app on my phone. I have like four or five stocks. I have McDonald's still. I have Apple. I have uh, GameStop and then uh, Moderna and Invax. Um, there's another little uh, pharmaceutical company in Texas that I invest in. Uh, so there's all of these, these little stock options that I own. But I don't even pay attention to it. When I decide to buy a stock, I look at it as money that is gone, that I've potentially lost. And so that way, if you do lose it, you don't cry about it. Um, now, I have bought stocks that I thought were going to do something like and I bought them like, you know, do like 30 shares at, you know, like $12 when the stock's already kind of, you know, it's moving up. And I know I see a big jump and there's some trend coming and I'm like, oh man, I got to jump on that. So you jump on it because you hear something about it in Business Weekly or something and they start talking about it and you're like, oh man, that's going to, that's going to be a thousand dollar stock like Amazon in a couple of years. So you jump in there and you jump on it. You spend as much money as you can at $12 a stock option. And then within a year, it's $3. You know what I mean? So that's why I don't buy any stock. I look for those I don't look for penny stocks. There's a whole thing about people doing like penny stocks. And I think that's what the Wolf of Wall Street was about. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. I just look for low stock options. I stay in around. I try to stay in and around that $5 range. I try not to go over $5 because I want to buy a lot of stock. Don't want to buy one or two. I want to try to get into 10 I mean, 10's not a lot, but I don't usually want to buy less than 10. So if I invest, I want to be able to get at least 10 more. Like when I bought uh, Bitcoin, which I threw away, if you haven't heard that story, I think I've told it on the podcast. I bought 150 Bitcoin, but when I bought Bitcoin, the advertisement that caught my eye on the internet at the time said this, buy $1 of this new cryptocurrency and within a year, it'll be worth a hundred or it said within five years, it'll be worth a hundred dollars. I was like, wow, you spend a dollar and in a year it'll be worth a hundred dollars or something like that. I can remember. I think it's, I think it was saying that if you bought a, a dollar's worth of it and I think it was 18 cents, I think it was 18 cents at the time is what one Bitcoin was, was, was 18 cents. And so I bought 150 Bitcoins, whatever, or I bought $15 worth. It said if you bought a dollar's worth that you could turn that that one dollar would be worth a hundred dollars in like the next two or three years. 
So I bought $15 worth, which I think I had somewhere up of 150 Bitcoins when I bought. <clears throat> but like my good buddy, uh, my good libertarian friend, uh, John Leonard says, right now is the time to really be looking at silver and, you know, stuff that you can actually get a hold of. Uh, Bitcoin is a cryptocurrency. I think the government, uh, you know, they're kind of making waves like they're going to go after it. So we could definitely die out in a very short time. Uh, Random Nomad says Stash is another one of those apps. I haven't heard of that one. What does that one do, uh, Random Nomad? That's a new one on me. I haven't heard Stash. I know that there's a Robinhood, and then there's another big um, app for investing. And I can't remember what it's called, but it's more for professional investors that really know what the, you know, that really know what they're doing. The great thing about Robinhood is it's for anybody. Like your grandmother could use Robinhood. It's really simple. The other one, I have the other one too that I'm referring to. I can't remember what it's called, but it's a little bit more complicated. But uh, the other one, you can actually invest in cryptocurrency. So I use it to invest in cryptocurrency. I just can't remember what the hell it's called. I guess I could try to find it here. Anyway, maybe I'll put it in the link uh, description in the in the uh, just I'll put a link in the description to it or something. But anyway, I thought I'd talk a little bit about uh, the GameStop. It's just uh, crazy to me because uh, I just looked at GameStop like uh, you know I looked at Blockbuster in the '90s like it's a dying that's a dying trend. I don't see it holding on too much longer. But uh, it's crazy to see the stocks up at seventy-seven dollars or whatever they are. My, my advice to you is if you own GameStop stock, right now is the time to freaking cash out. Random Nomad says Cash App lets you buy crypto. Okay, that's a new one because it didn't used to. Everybody's getting on the, the Cash App bandwagon. And uh, I actually have Venmo, man. It's like I get, that's the only bad thing about the new technology is you get, because I had PayPal. I've had PayPal since the 90s. So I had PayPal. And then all of a sudden you hear Venmo. So I finally like, okay, you know, I tell people, hey, just pay me through PayPal. They're like, I don't have PayPal. Do you have Venmo? I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. Okay, yeah. So let me download Venmo. I download Venmo. People pay me through Venmo. Now all of a sudden people are going, I don't, do you have Cash App? I'm like, no, I don't. I I do, but uh, I don't use it. I mean, I've downloaded it for like one or two transactions, but I hate using too many applications. Random Nomad says, I only use PayPal. PayPal's been around for years. So the, the, the thing I like about uh, PayPal is, you know, it's it's kind of like a bank. It's been around long enough now that uh, it's somewhat established. Where a lot of people jump on the bandwagon of these brand new apps and they have no idea. No freaking idea like what's, uh, uh, what's coming down the pike, if it's going to last or if it's not going to last. But that is a good information, uh, Random Nomad, that... Uh, cash app does let you buy crypto now there's no real crypto that i care to own though but i I do own some crypto i own uh um there's a couple of alternatives to bitcoin that i've purchased and i don't even remember what they are i'd have to look up on uh my apps and remember what the hell they are all i know is the last time i looked at them they were just dropping the ones i'd bought they weren't rising bitcoin was rising but the ones i bought were dropping so anyway, there's also uh, a video out there of Mr. Biden. I was going to try to download it or 
or show it on here, but I don't really want to do that. But it's uh, it shows Mr. Biden being led up the Capitol steps, him and the new VP and their whole little entourage are going up the steps of the Capitol. They get to the stops, the top of the steps of the Capitol, and uh, the video is is labeled uh, Biden. Uh, Biden is told to salute the Marines in his earpiece, but he doesn't salute the Marines. He just says, salute the Marines. It's funny. It, it, it waits. I mean, it, 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 the reason I didn't showing it to you guys is because it's like really, it's not, it's like two minutes long, but it's just them traversing these stairs all the way to the top. So you're just sitting there waiting for them to get to the top of the stairs. And then finally they get to the top of the stairs and it's hilarious because Biden really does, man. It's like somebody's talking in an earpiece and somebody, it's like somebody says, salute the Marines. So Biden just says out loud, salute the Marines. And he doesn't even salute them. He just says, salute the Marines. And then he just keeps walking like like somebody's feeding him lines what to say, which a lot of people have been speculating that's what's going on. Because if you looked at him on the on the campaign trail back a few months ago, like a couple of three months ago, he couldn't even put together a complete sentence. Now, all of a sudden, he's sitting up there like, a, you know, I mean, Tucker Carlson did a, a segment where he was talking about Ali Fufu, whatever Ali Fufu is, because Biden was saying something. All of a sudden, he just said something some word that didn't even make any sense. And now all of a sudden Biden can, he's stringing together complete sentences and, you know, he's, he's, uh, you know, up there giving, you know, giving 20 minute speeches and stuff. And I was really looking forward to like how this was going to go. And it really does make sense to me that, you know, uh, you know, I heard that on the campaign trail. Somebody said that when he was at the debate that he was wearing an earpiece and that somebody was feeding him what to say. And I just kind of take it like, yeah, that's just, you know, right wing people, you know, they always want to find something and, uh, you know, it could be true, but I imagine he's wearing a wire, you know, and I'm sure he is talking back and forth. Somebody is talking to him in his ear, but I don't really think they're telling him what to say. Cause he was wired up with a mic. There was one where it showed, uh, like a wire like this. You could see it like being, you could see it tucked down like right here is in the top of his shirt and the little coil was sticking out. That was his wire. He has a mic. He's wired for a microphone. So he's there's, even though you can't see it, he's wearing a microphone. He's been wired for a mic during the, you know, people see the little podium with that little microphone on top of it. That's for looks. If you ever watch Candace Owens uh, on her Prager U show, everybody sees, sees those white mics she has in front of her. They're not even using those. They're not even on. It's just for aesthetics. They're not even using this mic. They're using a lapel mic. If you go watch Candace Owens, she just had, uh, she just had, um, oh, uh, Brian Callen on there, uh, who got me too, basically, and his career pretty kind of ruined and Joe Rogan and all his good, his good comedian buddies just backed away from him. Like he had the plague, but, um, Brian Cowan was on there and, you know, they're using lapel mics. They have a mic sitting there, but that mic's just for aesthetics. Other shows like that are David Letterman, you know, or any of the David Letterman. It's not even on the air anymore. It shows how old I am. But any of these late night talk shows, they have a mic there on the desk. They're not even using that mic. They have, they're wired. They have lapel mics and a Mac, uh, mic pack on. Man, the show's kind of slow today. Uh, I don't have my good buddy uh, John Leonard on here, so I guess uh, not too not too many people tuning in. We may just keep it to thirty minutes then. Um, Random No Man says I own physical. 
Who else do we have in the room? Is it just you, Random Nomad? Shows we got two people watching. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to try to book some more guests. So uh, I haven't had much luck reaching out to people. There's a, there's a girl that uh, that was at the Capitol that I've been trying to get on. She does a few things. She actually used to do some stuff with InfoWars, but she kind of got away from InfoWars because, uh, oh, commodity. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's silver. Uh, it's best to own right now. It's best to own stuff you can actually get a hold of. Uh, but anyway, there's a girl, her name's Savannah Hernandez, and I've uh, been trying to collaborate with her, but I'm not sure if that's going to work out or not. She does a lot of, she does a lot of uh, right-leaning commentary for stuff. She used to actually do some stuff for InfoWars. <laughs> Been looking at a lot of motorhomes. I'm still, I'm getting really antsy, really ready to uh, be mobile again. That's a problem with me being static too long. I start getting really, uh, I don't know what the word for it is, really uh, restless. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. And really ready to go and move, move along. And if I could find the right bus that I could move this stuff into a bus and have a generator and a good solar setup and do every, do this whole show from the bus, I'd probably do it every day, uh, you know, or something, do something every day. But I'm kind of, I have this office, I've loved this office for the time being, but I'm just kind of over it. Uh, Random Nomad says, join the club, I miss being mobile too. Yep, it's something about being mobile, man. Uh, I'm ready to get back there. That's where I wish I was. It's so funny you said that because I've just been kind of jonesing for Arizona. I think because uh, I'm used to being in Arizona at this time of year, like every year, you know, uh, I'm there for RTR or, you know, and then the van build and stuff like that. So I'm used to being out in the desert of Arizona this time of year. and It's kind of weird not to be over there. And uh, yeah, it is what it is. What else were we? Oh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is I have to I have to admit this. I don't know if you guys are sports fans. Well, there's a couple of sports things. So Conor McGregor got knocked out. If you didn't see that uh, with the UFC, which was uh, big big MMA news because he's never been knocked out. Uh, Dustin Poirier that actually knocked him out. Conor McGregor knocked him out six years ago in the first round. So. I literally didn't give Dustin Poirier that much of a chance against Conor McGregor. I thought Cowboy Cerrone had a lot better chance against Conor McGregor than Dustin Poirier did. But Dustin, everybody says he's not the same fighter he was six years ago. But the funny thing is, is I don't know what it is about Dustin. He's a great guy. He's a great kid. Um, I just, I just, he just doesn't excite me as a fighter. I mean, I like Cowboy Cerrone a lot, but Dustin Poirier just, and, and I guess Dustin Poirier, other than Khabib, is the best lightweight in the UFC right now. Uh, bar none. I mean, he's beat everybody pretty much uh, except for Khabib. And then in other sports news, we have Tom Brady. As much as I hate, I mean, as much as I, I don't want to, I don't want to use hate against Tom Brady. I should say as much as I dislike the guy. And the only reason I dislike him is because of his success. You know what I mean? And how good he was with the Patriots. But, and you know, I would always argue the fact, you know, people would say he was the goat and I'm like, no, he's not the goat there. You know, Joe Montana, Steve Young, uh, you have all of these, uh, even Troy Aikman, people don't like to put him in that, but he went to every Super Bowl Troy Aikman went to, uh, they won. 
You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, people would, uh, and then you got Peyton Manning, you know, you get all these, uh, Brett Favre, you got all these other great quarterbacks. Let me tell you, Tom Brady has proved himself. He is the GOAT. He went from one team, dumped that team, and went to Super Bowl almost every year with that team, dumped that team, goes to another team that hasn't been in a Super Bowl for a long time, and he's right back in the Super Bowl. And his old team, yes, Drew Brees. Drew Brees is actually one of my favorites uh, with New Orleans, uh, random nomad. But he dumps his old team. Old team now ain't, did, did, didn't do too good this year. Goes to new team. Where's new team at? Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl with Tom Brady at the helm. Tom Brady is the GOAT. You can say whatever you want to about the guy. He is the GOAT. As much as I hate to admit that, Tom Brady is the GOAT. There's no argument there anymore. He's the GOAT. You know what I mean? He's the Michael Jordan of football of quarterbacks. It is what it is. You can argue to you can argue with me until, you know, the cows come home. But I'm gonna tell you, Tom Brady is the GOAT. And I don't I don't find any pleasure in saying that because I'm not a fan of the guy. I mean, he's a great quarterback. Uh, it just, you know, he's just that pretty boy that you love to hate. You know what I mean? He's always had everything probably handed to him, you know, a lot of it, you know, silver spoon. Yeah. Random nomad says the Pat seven and nine, the season season, Tampa Bay, 11 and five Super Bowl bound. Exactly. Yeah. Tom Brady, he's the goat. You can say whatever you want to. You can argue, uh, Peyton Manning, Steve Young, Joe Montana, Roger Stallback. You can argue any quarterbacks you want to. No quarterback has done what Tom Brady's done. A lot of quarterbacks have tried. A lot of quarterbacks have left their teams. Uh, Joe Montana, where was he at for all those years? Was it Indianapolis? And then he left and went, where did he go? I can't remember Peyton Manning's career. Oh, he went to Denver. He had been with Indianapolis or the Colts for years, and then he left the Colts and he went to the Broncos, and they didn't do shit. You know what I mean? And that's usually what you see when a quarterback leaves. And let me tell you something. That's exactly what I expected this year out of Tom Brady. I expected Tom Brady to leave a great franchise in the New England Patriots and go to a a franchise that's kind of on the rise, but I didn't see it yet. And, uh, just just takes them right to the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will win the Super Bowl again. Uh, possibly. You know what I mean? That's a, you know, KC's a good team. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I think, uh, now I will say, I think Tom Brady is, you know, he's on the tail end of his career. I don't know how many, I don't know how many good years he has left. Um, uh, but he's still standing in the pocket and delivering the ball. And, uh, I mean, he's he's been in the game for a long time, and nobody's doing it any better than Tom Brady is. Uh, but, yeah, KC, definitely uh, they, may re- they may repeat. The funny thing is, is I don't, I you know, when KC was playing uh, the Patriots, I hate, I absolutely, de- I'm going to use the word hate, I despise the Patriots. I hate them. Uh, so I was rooting for KC, but now I'm not really rooting for Tom Brady to get another freaking Super Bowl ring, but then I'm not rooting for uh, KC to do back to back either. So it's, I'm, I'm stuck between, that's what I've been. That's why I I don't even 
tune into football anymore. I don't even watch it. You know, I'll keep up with the, you know, I'll, I'll go in and see what happened. You know, I'll just Google it, you know, NFL standing, see who won, see who lost. But I don't even really keep up with it anymore, which is crazy because when I lived in Texas, I was a football fanatic. I'll be the first one to tell you, dude, like I was up early in the mornings, like, you know, I'd get up Sunday morning early. I did this Saturday, too, because Saturday I watch college ball. So I'd get up and I'd watch Texas and I'd watch Oklahoma, even though Texas was my team. I'd watch these other teams, see how they were doing, how they were playing. Then I'd watch Texas play. And then Saturday I'd get up and I'd watch the Cowboys and watch NFL all day. Living in California, there's so much other shit to do than just sit around and watch football. But it's funny because when I go back to Texas, all of my friends, that's all they want to do on the Saturday and Sunday is sit around and watch football. Uh, Random Nomad says, I wanted the Bills to win. Never been a Bills fan. They were the team that went. They were the team that went to, that with the AFC that went to the Super Bowl every year with us, the Cowboys, and got smoked. Uh, what was their quarterback's name? I actually like their quarterback. Uh, what the hell was his name back then? Help me out, random no man. Uh, James Mom says all I do is watch football on the weekends. Yes, sir. I. I figure that that's it's a people it's funny Californians don't understand that now Californians watch football but for Californians to watch football on the weekend it's a got to be a party atmosphere they have to go out to like a you know like in when I lived in Long Beach everybody would go down to Belmont Shore because there was some big huge sports bars down there so everybody go out to the sports bar and watch football Jim Kelly yes thank you random nomad so I actually liked Jim Kelly I always felt bad for Jim Kelly that he actually never won a Super Bowl because anytime the Bills played the Cowboys, the Cowboys cleaned their clock. But I was actually a Jim Kelly fan. I always felt bad for him because he would take the brunt of all the hate uh, every time they played the Cowboys in the Super Bowl and the Cowboys smoked them. Now, don't get me wrong. I was a Cowboys fan. I was rooting for the Cowboys. But Jim Kelly, is a, he was just a nice guy. I just really liked him. It was funny because even though I was rooting for the Cowboys, I was never a big Troy Aikman fan. I liked Roger Staubach, but I was never like a huge Troy Aikman fan. Um, I thought Jim Kelly was a nicer guy, but I was always rooting against him. Uh, Random Nomad says I might have spelled. Nah, it doesn't matter. I knew exactly who you were talking about. Random Nomad. Yep, Philip Rivers. I think right now I really like Drew Brees. Drew Brees is, uh, you know, he's he's a little guy. He's not a big guy. But he just, uh, he's a pretty amazing quarterback. But that's like, uh, what's the kid in Seattle? Can't ever remember his name. The kid in Seattle. He is, uh, he's like 5'9". He's like 5'9". They won the Super Bowl like three, four years ago. Uh, James Baum says, how come all sports commentators played for the Cowboys? That's funny, isn't it? That's kind of crazy that you say that. It's very true. Because now you got Tony Romo. Tony Romo's a great sports commentator. It's funny because, uh, I mean, this is a true story. People freaking hate the Cowboys. Believe me. I understand. Being a Cowboy fan, I understand. Yeah, Russell Wilson, thank you, Random Nomad. Believe me, I understand how much the Cowboys are hated. I understand it. I hate that. I hate the, uh, yeah, he's 5'10". Okay, I knew he's 5'9", 5'10". So, uh, I understand how people hate the Cowboys. I hate the I hate the uh, the Patriots the same way now. You know what I mean? I remember when the Patriots had that dude on the side of their helmet, and they were the shittiest team in the AFL. And now they're I mean the AFC, and now they're like the the 
creme de la, you know, the creme de la creme of the freaking AFC. You know what I mean? I remember when the AFC couldn't even really compete with the NFC, like the, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Redskins every year, dude, they were the best teams in the NFL and the poor AFC would just get dominated. The Broncos, the Chiefs, the, the, you know, all of those teams would just get decimated. You had Green Bay in the NFC. So they were always, and now it's flipped. Now the AFC is the, is the, uh, it's the the dominant league, but I understand how people hate the Cowboys because uh, you know I hate the, you know. But I will say this is, people hate it when I say this, but they are yeah Moose Johnson man that was the that was the team right there dude the '90s Cowboys. Uh, uh, Random number says I was kind of Cowboys, Cowboys growing up. You were kind of into the Cowboys when you were growing up, yeah. So, what I was gonna say is. People can say whatever they want to. Yeah, Jay Novacek, man, all of those guys. I, I love that Cowboys team. We would, we should have won four Super Bowls in a row if it hadn't have been for the ego of Jerry Jones running Jimmy Johnson off that that year after we just ran, we just won the Super Bowl, we just dominated the Super Bowl, and Jerry Jones goes mouthing off to freaking uh, Jimmy Johnson, and Jimmy Johnson's like, "F this, I'm out," and then he left, and we brought in stupid ass Barry Switzer from Oklahoma who was dumber than George Bush Jr., and we lost the next year. Now, the year after, we come back and won, but we would have won four in a row if it hadn't been for that falling out between Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson. And the only reason there was a falling out was simply because of Jerry Jones' ego. And once uh, once Jimmy Johnson's team uh, diminished from what it had been at the at, at what Jimmy built it to, the Cowboys hadn't done anything since. Jerry Jones has been in there all these years, all of these years, every year. They're the, the Cowboys are the media darling. Every single year, all you hear in the media is it's like Trump. It's like when Trump was in office. All you heard, you know, all you heard the leftist media was talking about is Trump. They're still talking about Trump. They still can't shut the fuck up about Trump. The same people, the same with the the liberals on Twitter. They're still all just talking about Trump. I'm I'm continuously reminding them what are you talking about Trump for he's not even president anymore dumb shit but it but every year the Cowboys are the media darling all you hear in the media is how are the Cowboys going to do this year how are the Cowboys going to do this year when you got the Patriots that won the Super Bowl Kansas City won the Super Bowl all and all they're talking about is well the Cowboys are doing this and the Cowboys let this person go and the Cowboys so they think the Cowboys are going to be they're going to be ready this year uh they're going to make a push when they get to the playoffs so the Cowboys don't do anything when they get to the playoffs even if they get to the playoffs, uh, they haven't done anything in years, but they are the media darlings. And the reason they are the media darlings is because they are America's team. Say what you want. That's always been an old cowboy motto thrown around that they're America's team. They are America's team. And you know how I know this? Because I've traveled all over the United States and everywhere you go, you will find people that are Cowboys fans. Like my buddy here in California that just passed away on de- December 26th last month, Jerry, huge Cowboy fan. Never been to a Cowboy game in his life. Born and raised in California. Didn't really know shit about the Cowboys when it came to really knowing the inner the inner of the Cowboys. Because he's a California kid. Diehard Cal- Cowboy fan. 
I mean, had all kinds of jerseys. I don't even have a cowboy jersey. I don't even know if I've ever, I maybe owned maybe one or two in my lifetime. He, every time you've seen him at the damn bar on Sunday to watch the Cowboys, he had on a different jersey. I mean, he was a, or a, he was always wearing a cap, diehard Cowboys fan. And I'll never remember, I was in, this was in the 90s when the Cowboys were dominating. They were the, like the Patriots are now. And I flew into, it was either Philadelphia or Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, it's Philadelphia. Yeah, I flew into Philadelphia. I got off the plane and I went out and got on the airport shuttle to take me to my hotel room. And I had a Cowboys jacket at that time. Uh, it was like a down jacket. It was my only good big winter coat. Uh, that I wore in Dallas when, cause it, winters get pretty cold in Dallas, but it had like a Cowboys, it had a Cowboys star and then it said, it said Cowboys across it and it was silver and it was a Cowboys, you know, official game gear jacket. Right. And it was a down jacket. So it was really warm. So what happened when I was going to Philadelphia, I went and bought a different jacket just to go to a different winter coat just to go to Philadelphia because I was not going to wear that cowboy coat in Philadelphia because I didn't want to get killed. So I went and got a different just winter jacket, just a little, you know, winter jacket to wear up to Philadelphia while I was working there. And it was funny because I come out of the I come out of the airport, I get into the shuttle and I sat down. And as soon as I sat down, these two girls get on and one of them is wearing a Dallas cowboy jacket and she sat down right in front of me and she was kind of cute and I was like man you are braver than I am she's like what she's like excuse me I said wearing that cowboy's jacket in Philadelphia you're gonna get us all killed you're gonna get yourself killed to get us all killed and everybody in the tram everybody else around us in the tram they just died laughing and she's like I'm a Cowboys fan through and through I'm like where are you from and she was like from I don't know, Rhode Island or somewhere. She wasn't even from anywhere. I said, have you ever been to Dallas? She's like, nah. I was like, well, why are you a Cowboys fan? She goes, well, my dad or my stepdad's from Dallas or, you know, I mean, it's, they always give this roundabout explanation of why they're a Cowboys fan. But I was like, she, and she goes, I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. I love the Cowboys. I was like, that's crazy. And then everybody is like, there was people in the on the tram going boo cowboys and i was like boo all you want to they're america's team every airport i go to i see people wearing cowboy paraphernalia or cowboy gear i moved to california there's cowboy fans everywhere and i'll i'll make you know when i see a cowboy fan i'll be like dallas you from dallas or you from texas no no born and raised in california homie born and raised in california but you're wearing a dallas cowboys hat oh man i love the cowboys why? I don't know, man. It's just I grew up. I liked the Cowboys growing up. I'm like, okay. It's just so weird. Because uh, anywhere else you go, it's it's you know it's that team that that is the home team that people love. Now, one reason for California is you know for years California's had a football team, or LA's had a football team, then they don't, then they do, and then they don't. Uh, and it's funny because I can actually tell you. Uh, just like hook them horns. Yes, sir. Hook them horns. Hook them horns. Um, it's just like uh, I can tell you because I'm pretty observant. And when I moved to da- when I moved to L.A. in 2006, uh, James mom says, did you see das- Dak Prescott's leg injury this season? Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. He may never be the same quarterback again. 
Uh, yeah, it was, that's part of being in the NFL, though, man. As as bad as that is, as, as callous as that says to say it. Uh, but I can tell you, I you know, it puzzled me so much when I moved to LA, and I could not understand how uh, how Los Angeles, the second largest city in the United States, couldn't support a football team. A professional football team. They would get. They had the Rams. The Rams left, went to St. Louis. Uh, Oakland came down here. The Raiders came to Los Angeles for a while. Then they went back to Oakland. And if you've ever been to Oakland, it's not some amazing city. You know what I mean? Uh, it's in the shadow of San Francisco. It's right across the bridge from San Francisco. It's just you know, it's 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 Oakland. Uh, but then they got the Raiders down here for a while, and then they couldn't keep the Raiders happy. The Raiders left. The Raiders have left Oakland. Now they're in Las Vegas. It just you were just I was just always like, how come the second largest city in the United States can't keep a football franchise? It just didn't make sense to me. Now we have two. We have the freaking San Diego San Diego Chargers. Now they're the L.A. Chargers, and we have uh, the Rams back. The Los Angeles Rams are back here again. But I'm going to tell you. Why? Uh, and they just built a $5 billion stadium here. And it's the first year it's supposed to be open this year. And it's there's not going to be anybody there because of COVID, supposedly. So, or there hasn't been this season. Uh, yeah, now the Raiders are in Vegas. Henderson, actually, to be exact. Yep, exactly right. My ex-girlfriend lives in Henderson. But anyway, I'm going to tell you really quick why Los Angeles can never keep a football franchise and keep them happy and do really good numbers. And those teams always end up leaving because I couldn't understand it. I couldn't figure it out when I first lived here, when I first moved here. Because if you go to New York, if you, because I had a place in New York, New York City, and the Giants are huge. And the Bills, even the Bills are huge and they're upstate New York. But that, that state, they support their two teams. Hard, hardcore back when the Giants were playing in the Meadowlands. They support New Yorkers. New Yorkers support the Giants. Or they support whatever their home teams are. You know, the Yankees, the Mets, all of those home teams, they, they support them. Uh, so I never could understand, like, how come L.A. can't keep, they don't have a football team. Doesn't even make sense. This is why. Nobody in L.A. is from L.A. Now, that's not entirely true. But if you walk into a place and there's 10 people in there, you might have one or two people that actually grew up in California and are actually California natives. Everybody else in there are transplants. Everybody. So the difference is, and I figured this out like probably, I figured this out probably 10 years ago, maybe a little over when I was a bouncer. Because I worked every weekend, I worked football weekends as a bouncer. So I was always in these bars and the bars I worked at in California in Long Beach, bouncing on, on, on football Sunday. Um, and I noticed the one thing you notice about California that's different because I, I flew back to Dallas for Christmas one year. Uh, I flew back to Dallas or Thanksgiving, I guess. And there was Dallas was playing Miami. I don't remember who they were playing. But Dallas was playing, so we went out to a sports bar, and that entire place was cowboy jerseys. It was, there was probably 200 people in there, and out of the 200 people that had, and out of the 200 people that had jerseys on, it was 99% cowboy jerseys. There was only maybe a handful of maybe 10 people that had on some other different kind of jersey that wasn't a cowboy jersey. If you go to a sports bar here in California, you, on a weekend, 
like on an NFL Sunday, you see every single jersey under the sun. You see Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers. You see every jersey under the sun. It's because Los Angeles is a city of transplants. Nobody's actually from Los Angeles. Everybody, uh, everybody came here from somewhere else. And because... L.A. has never had a great football franchise. When people move here, they keep their old sport, their old football franchise stays dear to their heart. Just like I'm still a Cowboys fan. I'd never be a Rams fan or a Raiders fan or a Chargers fan. Now, I kind of like the Chargers. I mean, I'm okay with the Chargers. I'm not a huge fan of the Chargers, but I would root for the Chargers uh, for a California team. But... uh, California doesn't have a good football team as far as it when it comes to professional football. They they people so people stay with wherever they're from. If they're from Cleveland, they stay with the Browns. If they're from Dallas, they stay with the Cowboys. If they're from you know Wisconsin, they stay with Green Bay, uh, Denver. They stay with the Broncos. You know it's whatever they're from. They stay with that Minnesota Vikings. If they're from Minnesota, so you see all of those jerseys. Now, on a different though, what's different is. Everybody that moves here as a transplant, automatically, like overnight, they all become Los Angeles Laker fans. Not me. I hate the Lakers. I despise the Lakers. I hated Kobe Bryant, even though it broke my heart what happened to him and his daughter. Uh, as far as a competitor, I hated the Lakers. I despise the Lakers. I hate the Lakers just as much as I hate New England, the Patriots. But most people... When they move here, they jump on that Los Angeles Lakers bandwagon within a year, even not even a year sometimes. They're all excited about being Lakers fans. I'm a Clippers fan, even though the Clippers suck. I hate the Lakers. I've always hated the Lakers. CC, what are you doing, girl? Good to see you. Doritos. Uh, what is the Doritos? Oh, Cheeseheads, the Packers. Are you, are you a random nomad? You're a Packers fan? You poor soul. I, I knew you smelled like bad. I knew you smelled like fermented cheese, bro. I'm just kidding you. Uh, it's funny because some of my good friends here, uh, my good liberal friends, they are diehard Packer fans. Like they go to Lambeau Field for the games and stuff. Not this year because of uh, the pan pandemic, but every year other than that, they go to the the Packers games. And then my step cousin, her husband in Lubbock, where I grew up, you'd think he would be... Uh, you think he would be a Cowboys fan? Nope, he's a Packers fan. He owned at one time back in, I think the late eight, uh, late ninety. I mean the late nineties, early two thousands. He had a sports member memorabilia collection in his basement, in his house in Lubbock. I shouldn't probably be telling, saying this. I don't know. I don't even know if he has it anymore. I don't even talk to them anymore. But when I was when uh, at one time, the last time I was in his house. He was showing me his sports collection, and it was insured. Listen to this. His sports memorabilia collection was insured for $370,000. He had, like, Brett Favre's college jersey and helmet. He had Brett Favre's Super Bowl-winning helmets. Like, Brett Favre, like one of Brett Favre's Super Bowl-winning helmets that he signed, that he won his first Super Bowl, I think he paid, like, $33,000 for that helmet or something like that. But he had just his whole basement, which his basement was like a huge basement. Like, it's not like a little basement you think about. This was a big basement. It was probably like 1,200 square foot basement. And it was just covered 
with like sports memorabilia. Like he would get the, he would order the jerseys and have them put in a big frame and hung up on the wall and all that good stuff. Random nomads is, but I'm not a liberal. I think most people that are Packer fans probably are not liberals. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin is a pretty rural state. You get into those rural areas, everybody's pretty much pretty conservative, I think. Uh, let's see. CC says, I'm finally off sports. I dodged that bullet. Good for you, girl. Yeah, I'm off, I'm off sports too. It was weird when I moved to California because uh, when I first moved here, I stayed into that little... Uh, Texas, like Texas, where I was watching sports on the weekends, and then I would see people on Monday and stuff like that, and they'd be like, what'd you do this weekend? I was like, I just sat around and watched football, and they're like, you did what? And I was like, I just sat around and watched football all day, and they're like, why? And then I'm like, I don't know, like, what do y'all do? And they're like, well, we went over here, and then we went and had drinks over here, and then we went here, and then after that, we went out dancing, and I was like, holy shit, I'm just being a loser. And then I was like, well, the next time y'all do that, invite me. I'll go with you. I don't want to watch football all the time, too. And, man, it didn't take but one weekend of that. And I was no more watching football all day on Sundays. Random Nomad says, I can't give up my hockey. Yeah, you guys up there in hockey land in, in Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, you guys are way into hockey. It's so funny because um, it's funny you bring up hockey because I was never a hockey fan like I to, like when the stars, the Dallas Stars, where did the stars move from? Didn't they move from Minnesota? Didn't we get the stars from Minnesota? I think we did. I think they were from Minnesota. I don't remember what they were in Minnesota. But when they moved to Texas back in the 90s, I thought that was the, I, I'm not going to lie to you, I thought that was the dumbest crap ever. I'm like, why are we getting a hockey team? Nobody gives a shit about hockey in Texas. Like, who cares? Like, nobody's going to watch them. Why? We don't need a hockey team. Nobody's going to watch them. And then my wife at the time, my ex-wife now, she worked for Albertsons. She was a, she's worked for Albertsons for over 30 years now, or like almost 30 years, some, somewhere in there. But so the vendors would give her, yeah, the Minnesota North Stars random nomad. You're an encyclopedia, dude. So um, the vendors would give her tickets you know, like the beer vendor or whatever, they always had like tickets for their vendor or for their clients. So my, so when the stars first moved to, to Dallas, nobody go, nobody would go watch them. So people would give the, or like, you know, Bud Light, you know, they would give out free tickets, like, you know, like the Dallas stars would give like all of these free tickets out to their suppliers to give away to people to try to get people to come to the hockey games. Cause nobody give a shit about hockey. Nobody cared. And then my wife, she, she texts me or she, she paged me one day back those, we have pagers pager goes off. I call her at work and she's like, Hey, she's like the Bud Light guy is said that he would give me four tickets for us and the boys to go to the Dallas stars game tonight. If you wanted to go. And I'm like, I don't want to go. Why? I don't even know what the, I don't even know. I don't even know the rules to hockey. I have no idea. And she's like, well, he said, you know, that they're free and they're really good tickets. I'm like, how much are they face value? She goes, they're like 75 a piece or no, I think they were 130 a piece. I was like, oh, that is, that does have to be good seats. I was like, oh, well, yeah, hell, what the hell? We'll go. Sounds good. Dude, we went to that hockey game, the Dallas Stars game. And now listen, I've been to, I've been to probably 30, 35 Dallas Cowboy games in my lifetime. I used to shoot the sidelines uh, for the Fort Worth Starlight Tuck. 
Star Telegram. I've walked right down on the field uh, in the old stadium. Not the new stadium. I've been in the new stadium, but the old stadium, I sat still right out there on the star at Texas Stadium when it was in Irving. Um, I've been to, I don't know how many Dallas Mavericks games, tons of Dallas Mavericks games. I had more fun. We had more fun at that damn hockey game because there's so much crowd interaction that you, you know, you don't really get with football and you don't get it with basketball. But like uh, all of this stuff that you do that they have with the Dallas Stars that, you know, it's just this crowd participation stuff. Uh, We had so much fun at that Dallas Stars game. And then the icing on the cake was we had really good seats. We were only like maybe four four or five aisles off the ice behind the penalty box for the first game that we went to. And the guy, I don't even know what his name is, but there's like a guy in like a suit. He's almost like a usher, but he stands down there in the penalty box. He's like an official or something down there at the penalty box. I don't really know who he is or, you know, he's like an ice. Maybe he's in charge of getting the new pucks on the ice. I don't know exactly what he does, but he's this older guy was always down there in the box with the hockey players, but then he would actually come out of the box and kind of roam around. And the first game that we went to, this gentleman comes out of the box. Uh, he grabs the I guess that's what he does. He was in charge of the pucks. He grabs the puck off the ice. Uh, Mike Madonna hits the puck. It goes out. He grabs the puck, pushes another new puck in, and he walks up the stairs, and he hands the puck that just came off the ice to my youngest son, Dustin. And I've still got that puck, and it still says on it, official Dallas Stars hockey puck. And then the funny thing was, we went back, the next game we went back to, we had almost the same seats because we got the tickets from the same vendor. So we had literally like the same seats. And he gave my oldest son a puck. My oldest son got a puck. So yeah, we we ended up really loving hockey. And I'm still a Dallas Stars fan to this day, just because of the experience of going to the live games. I don't find that that much fun to watch on TV, but going to the games is a lot of fun. CC says I uh, I saw the old stadium get demolished. It was I. It was I. Yeah, that was a sad day for me, jackass. <laughs> uh, it's so funny how um, it's so funny how uh, wasteful we are. Like there was nothing wrong with that old stadium. Now, granted, the new stadium's way nicer, and you know it's way more modern and everything. But the old stadium, there was nothing wrong with it. It wasn't like it wasn't doing its job anymore. Now, like the first time I went up to Green Bay, the first time I was in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which for those that don't know, Random Nomad knows this. Green Bay, Wisconsin is this little bitty ass town. It's like 100,000 people. It's like the town. It's smaller than the town I grew up in, Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock, Texas, back in the back in the 80s when I was growing up there was like 133,000 people. When I was in Green Bay, uh Back in the 90s, even the last time I was in Green Bay, it was probably 2004. The population was 99,000 people. It's a little tiny town. And the first time that I was driving around Green Bay, oh, my camera doesn't want to. I was driving around Green Bay and I pulled up uh, to uh, Lambeau Field. I pulled up in the parking lot and I looked at Lambeau Field and I was like, what? This is it? I couldn't believe it, man. I was sitting there looking at that stadium and I was like, I called my wife and I was like, man, we got, we got, we have high school football stadiums in Texas. That's nicer than this freaking field. And it was because at that time, uh, it was the original field, man. It was from like 
back when they first started, like in the 30s or whenever Green Bay first started playing, they had did a few upgrades, but that field was pretty pathetic. Now, it's been remodeled now. It holds like 100,000 people or whatever. But it was just like this big metal. It had that metal, uh, and it was just painted green. But it, it was just, it was literally pathetic. It looked it looked ridiculous. And I guess they've remodeled it and everything. But now I look back on like Texas Stadium, and I would have just rather they remodeled it or something instead of just demolish it and building a new stadium. It's all about bragging rights, though. Just like this new stadium they just built here in L.A. that's $5 billion. It's insane how much they spend on this stadium. What is going on, Joe P? Good to see you, buddy. How's your bus coming along? Man, I've been looking at motorhomes like crazy. I was actually up all night long because I have actually... What I do is I go through like uh, probably every couple of weeks and I just get on a tear. Because about every two weeks, motorhomes turn over. Uh, if that makes sense, if you're looking for like two weeks, you'll see the same damn motorhome. So you've already seen them all. But if you wait a couple of weeks and look again, all of those that you were looking at are pretty much sold or been taken down. And now you have a whole flock of new motorhomes. And I sp- I was up all night, dude, looking at motorhomes all over the country. I'm, I found a motorhome right here in L.A. It's really it's literally right here. Pretty rough. It's pretty rough, but it only has sixty five thousand miles on it. And what I'm looking for is good bones. I want to, I want something, I don't need anything perfect because I don't want something that when you live in a motorhome, you know, like say for instance, uh, you know, let, let's say I had a hundred thousand dollars to spend and I could go get a seventy, eighty thousand dollar provost. I don't want that because I want, I'm living in it. I don't want something that's so clean. That's got freaking marble countertops and, you know, mirror ceilings and all that bullshit. I don't need that. I need something that's that's practical to live in, to make an office, to make a podcasting office in and a podcasting studio. I don't need something that if I roll my chair back and hit the wall and scratch the wall, I'm going to be like, oh, my God, I scratched the wall. I got to call in a contractor and fix it. Uh, Joel P says RV shopping is addictive. Yes, it, yes, it is. So this this rig that's here in LA, it's not gone. It's not up for very. I would show you guys, but you guys would freaking go buy it. I know it, or I'd be bidding against you. Uh, but it's uh, it it's pretty rough. But it's like a it's like a ninety seven or ninety eight, and uh, it's thirty feet long. But it's a it's a it's a gasser. It's a four sixty gas rig, but it has an eighteen foot slide, which I really like because they've removed all of the furniture. I guess because the furniture was probably pretty ragged, so they moved, removed all of the furniture, and it has this one huge slide that I could see that whole slide being this podcast studio. Uh, CC says, "What's wrong with a snap on? It too many people uh, target to break into it." Like right now, I'm not even I'm not even in the Snap-on because uh, it's like it's just so ransacked right now. I don't even like going out to look at it. The window's still broken out of it, uh, and um, it got ran into by a drunk driver, and I never could get the insurance to fix it. So the the lift gate doesn't work. So my Harley is I have my Harley Davidson motorcycle that's stuck in it. I can't even get my Harley out of there. So it's like I can't even turn around in it. It's a Ford chassis, Random Nomad. This rig's a Ford chassis. It's here in LA. It's pretty rough. I mean, it's uh, it's not nice. It's, I mean, it's, it could be nice, but it's going to need some work. I mean, like even the tail lights, you know, are busted and kind of things like that. 
but everything supposedly works on it. But then in Tucson, which is where I bought the Snap-on truck down uh, in Sierra Vista, south of Tucson, there is a beautiful diesel pusher down there that's a little bit out of my price range, but it's exactly what I would, it's exactly what I want. It's a, I think it's a 97 or 98. It's got 133,000 miles on it, but it's got that beautiful 8.3 Cummings turbo diesel in it with the, uh, the 3060 uh, Allison transmission, which is the exact combo I want. And what they're asking, like, even though it's out of my budget, I don't have pocket money to go buy it. If I sold the Snap-on truck or my Harley, I could probably afford it. But um, it is, um, the motor and the transmission is worth as much as they're asking for what the motorhome is. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful diesel pusher. And I really want a diesel pusher. But then I have to weigh this other motorhome that's really rough. It's way more in my price range. So what do I do? Because the the one that's here in LA that's rough. It's a it's on a Ford chassis. It's a it's a 460 or the four, the Triton I think, the Triton V10 or whatever. If I buy that one, it's going to leave some money in my pocket. I have a little money in my pocket. If I buy the diesel pusher, I'm going to be buying it and worrying about having freaking enough money in de- to be able to buy the diesel to get it back to California to load my shit up in it. So it is what it is. Uh, Random Nomads at Cummings just got Cummings just going to ask. Yeah, it's a Cummings. So <clears throat> I was looking at Wonder Lodges. I love the way the Wonder Lodges look, but the Wonder Lodges all have the cat in them. Uh, unless you get a newer one. And I really am set on that 8.3 Cummings diesel. Uh, Joel P says the diesel will be cheaper in the long run. Exactly. Uh, and the diesel, uh, a diesel, like a, like that, uh, any gas motorhome, it's, those things are put together so cheap that, you know, they just kind of fall apart. Uh, they're kind of like a, uh, they're kind of like a box or, or I mean, a, they're kind of like a matchsticks. I mean, they're just so flimsy, like you can literally rattle the walls. And what I like about the diesel pushers, if you get a pusher, now there's a lot of diesels that, you know, the shorter diesel motorhomes that have the, that have the 5.9 Cummings in the front, like the Bluebird school buses do. They have a 5.9 in the front of the bus. If you get a big, if you get a pusher with an 8.3 in it, those motorhomes are usually very well put together. And the motorhome I'm talking about is a freaking Monaco. You know what a Monaco is? Monaco is a nice motorhome. It's only got 133,000 miles on it. it. Sounds like a lot of miles. That's nothing for a diesel, an 8.3 diesel. That baby is just getting, just getting broke in good at 133,000 miles. Uh, Joel P says Teamster, Teamsters control diesel fuel prices, not the politicians. Absolutely. The sad part about it is, Joel P, though, you know, uh, back in the day, you know, you could just use old red diesel. Did you know in Texas now, in these different states, like if you have farm equipment and you order diesel, uh, raw diesel, and they bring it out for you to run your tractors or your generators or whatever, my brother has been pulled over by the Texas Highway Patrol has been pulled up, has actually had had uh, dot inspectors stop him on his own land and demand to check his fuel. I don't know if, I don't know how crazy if you don't know that is crazy. When he told me that it blew my mind because you're not allowed to use uh, you have to use the new green biodiesel or whatever it is you know the the 
the diesel that's, uh, oh, what do you call it? It's like a gasoline. It has to be, uh, oh my God. Uh, it has to go through the refinery. It's got to be refined. So gasoline, that's why gasoline was always more expensive than diesel because you had to refine gasoline. It has to be refined. Diesel could be raw. You don't have to refine diesel. But because all the bullshit, California, you know, and there are venable bullshit. Now, you know, the death, all of this, this stuff with the green diesel, it's all because of these freaking environmental laws that Californians have pushed. Uh, so you can't use... You cannot use raw diesel in your vehicle, even though your vehicle could use raw diesel. It's it's insane. You have to have all of these additives, like the death. You know what I mean? And how many freaking empty death cans are being thrown in land landfills every year? Dang guys, it's crazy how fast this thing goes by. Once I get to get to uh, blabbing, it's so funny because I was looking at one time. It was like twenty minutes into it, and I was like. I told Random Nomad, there's only like two people in the room. I'm like, I guess we'll just go for 30 minutes today. Uh, yeah, no death. I mean, that's, yeah, the horse piss death. It's so stupid. Uh, you know, and, that, and that's that's what drives me crazy about liberals. They think they're doing this green new deal, but they don't, they don't look at the, they can't see the forest for the trees. Your green new deal, you're going to have to pay the piper somewhere, dumb dumb. Somewhere down the line, it's not so green. You know what I mean? Just like solar panels, they're made out of petroleum. Uh, these wind turbines, there you can't find a place when you know. If you go out to the wind farm here in California, is one of the. It's been the biggest wind farm in the world for years. It probably isn't now, but it was for years. There's hundreds and hundreds of those windmills in between. Right outside Palm Springs, once you get to Palm Springs on I-10, you will see a wind farm that stretches for miles and miles and miles. And there is probably two or 3,000 wind turbine, those big wind turbine windmills out there. Those things are, it's a disaster. You see some of them falling down because they don't have the money to maintain them. Those things are expensive as hell. And they don't, and the, whoever does all of the financing for them, they don't even have the money to maintenance them right. I mean, you see some of them that are just dilapidated and it's insane. Yeah, there's going to be a footprint somewhere, just like electric bicycle. Electric bicycle. I love my electric bicycle. I got one of them 20 inch with a big fat tires and you can ride it on the beach, sand. It'll go 20 miles an hour. It's amazing. I love it. It's sitting right here. As a matter of fact, I could turn the camera and it's literally right beside the camera. I love the damn thing. It's amazing. I don't ride it because it, it's environmentally friendly because when I plug it in, it's using a goddamn uh, coal burning power plant probably to charge it up. You know what I mean? And there's some little African kid or some little kid over and wherever they mine the freaking that stuff to make the the ion batteries, the the you know, that they they have to dig out of the ground over there and they use child labor to do it. Uh, now I do love solar. We nomads live with solar. We know it's okay, but not a total fix. Yeah, I mean I actually think everybody should I mean in California and Arizona you have California, Arizona, even Texas, uh, Nevada, uh, all of these Western states. Now, when you get up to San, when you get up to like Washington, doesn't make a whole lot of, I mean, it's not as much, it's not, doesn't make as much sense because it rains up there all the time. But in California, it's sunny almost damn near every day. Everybody should have solar panels on their house. I need to sneeze. Uh, 
Everybody should have solar panels on their house. And do they? All of these environmental people that are so environmental conscious, they're all about AOC and the Green New Deal. They are the raw, raws, raws, raws of, of new green technology. How many of these mothers are using solar? None of them. Absolutely none of them. None of them. You don't see solar on. You can drive through a neighborhood and you might see, see two houses out of 150 that are fixed out with a good solar system. Now, you'll drive by and see a house with maybe one or two solar panels on there that ain't doing shit. They got like 400 watts of solar. That ain't going to do anything for a house. <laughs> now, if you go and you drive by a house and the whole roof line on the back side of the house is covered with 1,500 to 2,000, maybe 2,500 watts of solar. Now you're running that house off 80% off the solar probably. Nobody out here has that. None of them. These people that are preaching the Green New Deal, buy electric cars, be environmental friendly. None of them have solar. The very first thing they should do is outfit their place with solar. And none of them do it. <laughs> All right, guys. I've ran it long enough. Uh, we are past an hour. Damn, it's already an hour 15. I try and try to keep this thing just one hour, and I always go over like 8 to 15 minutes. Anyway, guys, I want to thank you so much for joining me for my rant today. That's basically all it was. Again, I'm a little bit under the weather. I don't know if you could tell. It's not the corona. Don't get, don't, don't, don't start tripping. I have a runny nose, and uh, my head stopped up, and that's a cold. That's not corona. Corona had, my corona symptoms are nothing like that. Uh, but yeah, I do love solar. I'm a huge, 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 huge fan of solar. Uh, and I'm a fan of the new lithium ion batteries and I can't wait for them to come down in price and they are starting to come down a little bit in price. And, uh, I promise you guys, yeah, take some zinc. Thank you, random nomad. I promise you guys, I am going to get back over to nomad, to nomad news my plan for Nomad News was to have a video done right around the first of the month. <laughs> Excuse me, Jesus, right around the first of the month and uh, of this month. The first week I'd planned on doing a video. The problem was, is I, um, it was, it's a new, I'm kind of starting up new again over on my other channel, Nomad News. So I had hired out uh, to have a new intro done. Long story short, uh, the person that was doing the intro is a freaking from India. And the person that did my original intro for Nomad News are not doing them anymore. So I hired this other person and she basically did the intro, sent me an intro for somebody that wasn't even me. She sent me the completely completed intro and it was some from for some black rapper dude uh, for his uh production company or whatever his music production company and so I told her I'm like this isn't my intro she's like oh uh, me fix so I waited on her to fix it 10 days go by still don't have it so I finally start emailing her like hey I'm waiting on my intro like we're gonna get this intro I needed it like the day after I ordered it she's like yeah yeah just need small time okay uh small time go by she finally sends me the intro the whole intro is great. She did everything great, except it just says Nomad on there. doesn't say Nomad News. It just says Nomad at the end for the titling. And I'm like, I gave her all the directions for the title. It's supposed to say Nomad News, and then on the very top in really small letters, it was supposed to say American Nomad USA. 
No problem. I fix. Just need short time. I waited for like a week. No fix. No nothing. Build me. Said the order was complete. Build me for it and disappeared. So I ended up going last week and doing my own intro. Uh, and it's just a little short intro. I just designed it myself on just like I did the Nomad News intro. Paid for it for myself. Designed it myself with this new little software that's online that you can use. I would actually show it to you guys. Let's see if I can find it on here. And there, it's not fancy. Like the one I was going to do was like kind of fancy. It was a pretty cool intro. But the one that I did myself, it's just a little short. The The old intro, if you saw my old Nomad News intro, I like had van live people in the intro and and everything. And this new intro is just like a, just a little. But the problem is, is when you have these people designing your intros, they're too long. You know, back like three, four years ago, a 20-second intro was nobody thought anything of it. Now people don't want to set through an intro that's more than like maybe 10 seconds. So uh, the intro that I'd had done was, it was 14 seconds. And I thought it was a little bit too long. But she never got it done. I don't know if this thing's going to load. It's probably not going to load. It's taking too long to load the video. Or I was going to show you the intro. It's loading. It's just taking it too long to upload. And uh, we're already 117 after. And Joe Pittman just uh, sent me a photo. What'd you send me, Joe? How's your, uh, how, oh, is this your bus? Dude. Bro. Is this your bus, Joe? The picture you just sent me? You did a, if this is your bus, man, you did a, a fantastic job. And you've got the same uh, four burner stove and the Magic Chef oven that I had in Bertha. That's exact stove and oven combo I had in Bertha. Okay, the, the, the intro for Nomad News loaded. Let's show it. It's not going to have any sound, but I'll show you what it looks like. Or maybe it does have sound. I think it does. So Nomad News is coming back. I got to get on it. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for hanging out with me almost 30 minutes after uh, an hour. Uh, appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great week and uh, take care of yourselves. And uh, hey, if you didn't hear, uh, it's pretty funny. Uh, election's over. And now uh, our governor here in California, New Scum, you know, his name's Newsom, but I call him New Scum. He's, he just said today that they're going to open everything back up. Everything can be open now. We don't need to have anything closed. He's ready to open everything back up. What a quinkadink. Kind of crazy, right? I said that was going to happen. So is that your, is that your, uh, damn, I almost tell where your power comes in LA from Hoover Dam in Vegas, interweb say Columbia River Basin. Wow. That's yep. Uh, <laughs> the Doritos. Those Doritos look good. I haven't had Doritos in a while. Yeah, uh, peace. So, Joe, I would almost, I don't know how I would show, I would like to show your kitchen. If this is your bus, dude, you've done an amazing job. The one thing that I can tell you about this bus, though, Joe, I know it's your bus, but if this is your bus and this is your kitchen, I love the refrigerator. You got the three-way fridge, propane, uh, electric. Uh, 
the only thing I see, the only problem I see with your bus, dude, is you have not insulated that roof. You still have the you still have the ten school bus roof. And I can tell you from experience, well, you're in Arizona now, aren't you? But I can tell you that bus is going to cook you in the summertime in Arizona. You definitely need to. That's why I'm looking at these motor homes like the uh, Wonder Lodge because they have they're greatly insulated on the inside. And my snap on truck, if you go look at like a FedEx truck, there's no insulation. My snap on truck was professionally insulated, including the roof. And it makes a world of difference. And this last year, in my Snap-on truck, I was parked beside that great big blue school bus with the the big horns on the front of it, and it was an older gentleman in his 60s that was in that bus, and I was in my Snap-on truck. He came and knocked on the door and asked me if he could look at my Snap-on truck. He came in, and he's like, oh my God, it's nice and cool in here. I'm like, yeah, it's always nice and cool. It's pretty much always nice and cool in here. He goes, that's crazy. He goes, how do you keep it so cool in here? You got an air conditioner on? I'm like, no, it's just it's just well insulated. He goes, huh? He goes, well, you want to come look at, take a look at my bus? I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I've been wanting to see it for a couple of days. I've seen you parked over there. So we get out, walk over to get into his bus. And I mean, as soon as we walked up the second step, the heat hit me in the face. I was like, oh my God, dude, it's like 95 degrees in here. How in the hell are you staying in here? It's way too, I couldn't, I couldn't take this. And it was early in the morning. It was like 1130 in the morning. It was still kind of cool outside. So you might want to think about uh, insulating the roof of that thing, man. Uh, Joel P says, we are still, we are still in Oklahoma. We do Colorado summers. Yeah, as long as you chase the cooler weather. But what I'm saying is if you insulate the roof of that thing, I know, I don't know how tall you are. It's not bad. We spent the summer in it with no AC in Oklahoma. Okay. The one good thing about the buses is you have all the windows. So once you drop all those windows, I mean, I don't like, that's why I won't do a school bus because I have to have one. Every bus that I look at, the windows have been taken out. I don't want all those damn school bus windows. I can't deal with that. A lot of people love it. I hate it. Uh, I'm very, that's what I love about my Snap-on truck is it doesn't have one window in it. There's no windows in the box. So I'm in there like a hermit, dude. I don't have to worry about anybody looking in the windows or anything. Oh, you removed the windows? Good call, Joe P. I'm looking forward to seeing your seeing your bus, man. You're doing some great, great woodwork. Because I saw it when he was building the kitchen. I don't think, can you guys see this? Let's see if I can get it to focus. He did a great job, man. I mean, he did a great job. Where did you get that stove and that oven? That's the exact four burner stove and oven that I had in Bertha. You had to have found it in a in a junk RV or something. All right, guys, I'm gonna get off of here. I keep going and going. It's 123. You guys have a great week. We will see you back here Wednesday seven. You got it from a houseboat. Okay, it's a great it's a great combo. Not hardly any RV has a four burner stove, uh, and and an oven over the top oven. We will see you guys back here Wednesday, 7 Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central, and 10 for you guys on the East Coast. Thank you for listening to the American Nomad Podcast. Until next time, keep looking up because that's where it all is.